Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football show on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, brought to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, your guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have a league winning show in store for you today we got your news and notes we're gonna hit you up with a little bit of waiver information most importantly how to win your league and week 16's preview join us on facebook at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group and if you need to get any information to us we're at fantasy football fiend that's f-e-i-n at gmail for promos and advertising now let's go right ahead and hop into your news and now your fantasy news all right good people so we're going to deep dive into the news mostly injury based just kind of figuring out where the pivots are going to be um and we'll kind of deep dive into that as well in the waiver section and the how to win your league section because it all ties in together first up Ryan Tannehill is listed as did not practice. Um, he has an ankle injury that he is attempting to get over. Right now, there really isn't anything out there saying that he's going to miss, but there isn't anything out there saying that he's for sure to go this week either. So if you are still in the playoffs, are we even thinking about Malik Willis or will we have a, a different pivot? Well, this just in, and this is like, you know, fresh out the press. Uh, okay. he's seriously, uh, Tannehill is now seriously in doubt to play this week. Oh, um, the Titans have just signed Josh Dobbs of the Lions practice oh. squad. Yeah, so Willis is likely to start. And to answer your question on that, hell no. I wouldn't <laughs> want to play Willis. He doesn't have a full complement of the playbook. You can, you can clearly see that. I think there's a lot of other pivots out there that I would want to get over a uh, Malik Willis right now. But if you're in a two-quarterback lead and it's pretty tight, you know, you may be at the mercy of, of your league. That's crazy. Perfect timing, though. Gartner Minshew, who we know is supposed to be, as of right now at least, the, the starter for Saturday's game against Dallas, he was out on Tuesday dealing with a personal matter. So it doesn't seem like it's injury-related, but that's a hell of a personal matter to miss time the one week out of the year that you may actually start. So who knows how deep that situation may be. Maybe it's not physical, but it could definitely be an emotional, you know, whether it's it would have to be something pretty damn important. It can't be your normal everyday situation, whatever it is that's going on with Gardner. But he did miss practice due to a personal issue. 
and he's supposed to go for Hurts. I did see something earlier today that where Jalen Hurts was basically saying, you know, he's been throwing the ball a little bit, and you know, he has good feeling in the shoulder and everything like that, and there's still a possibility that he may go. At this point, I honestly think that Philly is in a position that they don't have to play him, and that's actually a part of the gamesmanship that they're going to attempt because if we beat you without our starting quarterback, I don't want to hit nothing, not ever, not ever again. But if we lose, we didn't have our starting quarterback. So it doesn't hurt Philly's confidence. It doesn't hurt their, you know, ability to believe in themselves as far as the direction they're going to be taking in the playoffs. I just found that kind of interesting. Did you guys see anything else on Hurts or on Minshew? No, I didn't really hear anything more about it. But more likely not, I think, like, to your point, Minshew is going to definitely get the start. I mean, as long as they got their defense, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. That defense is just they want something else. <laughs> Lamar Jackson still not ready to practice. Is this now you didn't pay me, so I don't want to practice? Or, or do you really think that? Because originally the knee injury wasn't supposed to be this far reaching. But if I'm Lamar, I'm not playing no more this year. For what? You're going to see exactly how much you need me. And I'm not about to risk further injury without any guarantees. So how are we feeling about Lamar? Yeah, and I agree with that, too. I think um, this injury is supposed to be a four-week injury, and I think we're still within that time frame. I think he's still week to week, but to your point, ain't no guarantees. And you don't he definitely don't have nobody to throw to in that offense. Even uh, Mark Andrews is now a regular guy right now as of today. And that's crazy because I thought of all people on that offense, he was the one that couldn't fall back regardless of what happened at quarterback. Hey, it happens. Trevor Lawrence, he's been having himself several weeks of fantasy greatness. So um, maybe this is going to continue. Maybe this is the new Trevor or, you know, maybe he's just finally in his bag. But he's still dealing with that toe injury that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He was a limited participant in practice, so it doesn't look like he is going to be able to get it out. But that's still something to monitor. Kenny Pickett listed as a full participant on Tuesday. So if you were using Kenny Pickett, it looks like he is going to make it out of concussion protocol. Josh Allen was limited in practice to begin the week, dealing with a right elbow injury. I'm not sure if it's a flare-up of that previous elbow situation or if something else happened in this week's game. Josh Allen is another one that is on the report. Brock Purdy, the 49ers starting quarterback, he is still suffering from ribbed and oblique injuries, which had him lim uh, limited on Tuesday, but he did go last week. So unless something got worse, I don't foresee him not going this week. I believe that pretty much takes care of the quarterbacks in the realm of running back. DJ Dallas was a non-participant at the walkthrough for Seattle, so he's still dealing with his ankle injury. Nothing is indicating yet of whether or not he's going to be able to get it out for the week. Antonio Gibson limited with a foot injury. He's still kind of dealing with that. I know he had the foot injury. His counterpart, Robinson, had the quad injury, so they're still you know, it's par for the course this time of year. Everybody's kind of nicked up. Damien Harris listed as a limited participant again. He's still dealing with a thigh injury, and he's been out for the last couple of weeks. Ramondre Stevenson listed again with the ankle, but he was able to go this past week, and he was able to hold serve for you for sure. So it's likely that he won't have any issues this coming week. Now, this is a guy who didn't practice on Tuesday, but I think he could set people up for the stretch if you were lucky enough to grab him at opportune time but jk dobbins running back for the ravens um no practice they say it's just for general maintenance um you know he's 
coming back off of the ACL and he had himself a couple of good games. And is Dobbin someone that you guys are going to be trusting to kind of hold you in the road at that running back spot? It, it, do we feel like he's over his injury situation now based on a couple of games or could it rear its ugly head at any moment and you'll rule the day that you actually put him in the game? I think um, to your point, like with the maintenance, just like Vander alluded to when we had our de- debacle, which I can admit he was right. The extended injury was severe, but the cleanup process of it is really kind of open them back up. And, and we've been seeing these performances, but you have to kind of ride with them. But I, I don't think we should be expecting it has to be a down to earth game, if that makes sense. Like either he's just that good or the Ravens is realizing like this is all we got. We only got the run game and we're going to get creative under Greg Roman to make something happen. So it's definitely maintenance. I definitely think he'll be a full go. He looks good. Najee Harris started the week off with limited participation in practice, but the fact that he is practicing at the beginning of the week does bode well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, however, has already been determined that he won't be activated this coming week. So it looks like Pacheco and McKinnon will still be the one-two fire and uh, fire and ice or thunder and lightning, however you want to put it, there for Kansas City. Kenneth Walker III, no practice on Tuesday, still dealing with an ankle injury, but he is likely to be able to go. CMC, he had limited practice based on a knee injury, but currently there is no fear of his playing time for the week. Now, this is my 15 seconds to rent. Jonathan Taylor, you screwed me this year, buddy. Um, <laughs> He finally goes on injured reserve. Like, honestly, like Jonathan Taylor was the guy that I thought was going to be the centerpiece of uh, one of my more important teams. And yes, I was able to pivot, still make the playoffs and all that kind of good stuff. But when Jonathan Taylor gets you like two points in the game and then is out for the rest of the game, it pretty much spells the end. So um, yeah, when Mr. Jonathan, I'm I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm bitter. I'm not at a point where I'm saying, you know, there's no way I'll draft them again. Things happen. But and the thing about it is that for where I was picking in that league, there, there was nobody else to take i could not bypass john J- jt so yeah i know i'm not the only one out there that's why i am putting my feelings out there and um hopefully it will help several <laughs> other fiends out there get over or get through uh their fantasy depression as talking to you guys has helped me so let me ask you guys this who is your guy this year, we'll, we'll probably have a show where we, where we talk about specifically fantasy disappointments. But who was your guy this year who was just like, man, really? you you That's what you're going to do to me? <laughs> Mine was Javante Williams in a money league. I had actually had six injuries mm, in that okay. league. But we'll talk about that on another show when we wrap up Got the you. season. Who was your big guy that, that just, oh, I know. I think I know who yours is, Vander. But who you got? Uh, it, it'd probably be Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, I th- oh yeah, that does make sense. I thought you was going to say, Cooper, you had a whole bunch of injuries. I thought you was going to no, say. No, no, I had a up. bunch of injuries, but you said the yeah. guy that kind of disappointed me. Disappointed you the most, yeah. Cooper, nah, Cooper, he did what he was supposed to do. Because he played when he was in. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, he played well when he was playing. But I would say Kyle Pitts probably been one of the bigger disp- disappointments yeah. this year. Uh, for, for sure. As far as, you know, uh, guys that I had on my team. But even though that I didn't draft them. was going to knock it out. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I draft, I draft pretty good. I just had a lot of, again, like uh, Joe said, I had my first second fourth fifth sixth seventh round pick eighth round pick all been hurt this year <laughs> damn ninth round pick been hurt so yeah out of still the first, made the playoffs and still finished third still finished third in the league and still was the second highest scoring team in the league 
So out of the first nine guys that I drafted, eight of them was hurt. Some for the season. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's, but I, I know I was, I was supposed to have a really special season, man, but it, it works out that way sometimes. But, uh, you got the injury bug as a mother. Yeah, nothing, nothing hurts worse than when you you see the path. If just two of the guys that you had weren't hurt, <laughs> if if Cup, matter of fact, yeah. if Cup didn't get hurt when, hurt when he did, then it wouldn't have. You, you would have already won enough games in that league for it not to matter. Timing is everything too. I mean, it's man, yes. but you know the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You know that that's one of the reasons that. Believe it or not, a lot of people pay fantasy. It's it's one of those things where as great as it feels to win, not that you like to lose, but there's also, you know, a little bit of a internal reaction there as well. It's kind of it's almost like, you know, gambling, you know, like the, the winning is great, but the losing, you know, as bad as it is, ain't that bad unless you have an issue that you need to talk to somebody about. Um, <laughs> AJ Dillon avoids concussion protocol. So he should be good to go this week. He finally, you know, kind of steps into the limelight this week and, and gets hurt. AJ Dillon has been one of those guys that I've been looking for. Like, like where you been, bro? Like, like what have you been doing? I, th- I thought this is going to be one of those seasons where he shows Green Bay that you really ain't got to keep this other guy because I'm, 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 I'm good to go. You can go ahead and pay a rookie and you know spend some of that money somewhere else. But he's shown the exact opposite of that, in, in my humble opinion. Nick Chubb dealing with the foot issue. He won't be practicing early on in the week. Khalil Herbert is ready to practice. Uh, he was on IR for a while there. He it has returned. So that two-headed monster is probably going to go back to being what it was. So being able to count on David Montgomery might not be quite as good of a potential outcome as you might have thought previously. Kyron Williams, he just got two touches in this uh, previous game. A couple of weeks ago, we thought Kyron Williams was going to be taking over you know, the Rams' backfield, but Cam Akers is firmly supplanted at this point as far as the, the that starting or that lead back role is concerned. Patrick Taylor was brought up talking about uh, Green Bay. He was brought up from the practice squad. He's now officially a part of the 53-man roster, so they have three running backs there. That pretty much takes care of the running backs. Looking at the wide receiving group, Traylon Burks gets a full practice, so it looks like he should be over his concussion. Nico Collins still isn't practicing, so his foot is still bothering him. Brandon Cooks was deemed as a limited practice participant. He's still dealing with that calf injury, um, but he was able to get in a limited practice, which makes it likely that he's going to be able to go this week. Chris Moore, another Houston wide receiver managing a foot injury. Noah Brown is tending to a foot injury. The Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Ben Skoranek the wide receiver for the Rams is out for the season. He had a calf strain that was pretty significant, so he won't be back. Devin Duvernay heads to IR. He has a foot issue as well. That may have something to do with why Baltimore grabbed Sammy Watkins off of waivers on Tuesday, knowing that Duvernay was going to be on the shelf for the rest of the year. Not exactly sure why anyone wants Sammy Watkins at this point in the game, other than the fact, well, he does know their offense because he played for them last year. So I guess you don't want to have to teach an old dog new tricks this time of year. So that may be the only reason why Sammy Watkins is currently uh, gainfully employed. T. Higgins listed as limited, still dealing with a hamstring injury. Now, I got a question for you guys on T. Higgins as far as dynasty is concerned. He has all the talent in the world, but is he starting to strike you as an injury-prone wide receiver that you should probably move along from now? 
I think with, with Higgins, uh, he's definitely starting to show a lot of injuries. And my doesn't remind me of Mike Williams slowly but surely. Um, as regards to just how these, he'll have a, he'll start out, get off to a yeah, great start. Not Mike. Jeez, not and then Mike. Boom. It's just like, <laughs> what, what's happened with this regression? And it's only speaking for this season, but he's had several injuries and he hasn't been able to make through them uh, this season. I definitely uh, pivot from him after a while. I just sold him high. What would you be willing to take for him? Like, would you, would you be willing to trade him for another wide receiver? Um, which kind of almost shows your hand that that you don't have the faith in that particular guy. Or what level of running back would be like the highest that you think that you could probably get for Higgins currently? You're right about that. If you go wide receiver, you really showing of hands. So, like you said, you really got to kind of either get some draft pick from it, or like you said, go to running back. As far as high high of a running back. I probably, and this is hard to say because how the Eagles backfield is, but somebody like a Miles Sanders, possibly, um, if you can get someone to uh, look to move, maybe because Higgins, he's good, but you ain't going to give an arm and a leg. I'll probably say as high as Miles Sanders or maybe a, De- you know, a Devin. Nah, I ain't going to say Devin Singletary. I don't like that backfield. So I'll, I'll, I'll stay at Sanders. Debo Samuel is out of his walking boot, but still dealing with a knee injury. It's unlikely that he's going to be able to go. They are hoping to still get him back at some point in time in the playoffs if possible, but it looks like his regular season is over. Debo, another one of those guys that, you know, he really wasn't himself this year. And then on top of that injury, you know, probably another one of those guys that disappointed, but at least you were able to kind of pivot away from early enough. Devontae Parker listed as an unparticipant in practice. Jacoby Myers listed on injury report, still dealing with concussion. Justin Jefferson, he had rib and chest issues, but didn't cause him to miss any practice time. And that pretty much takes care of the wide receivers. I think there may be one or two things going on with tight ends. Um, Noah Fant didn't practice. Uh, Jack Stoll, who's uh, Philly's backup, he's heading back to his number two role. It looks like Goddard is going to be ready to rock for week 16. Hayden Hurst is still dealing with a calf injury. He was able to get in a limited practice, so he may be able to go for week 16. David and Joku listed as limited, still dealing with a knee issue. And that pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go right ahead and hop into your waiver wire goal. All right, fiends, we know it's week 16. And for some people, waivers is like a foreign word. It's like, what are you talking about? Why would I actually be surfing the waivers right now? during the playoffs well in many cases incidents may occur that make items on the waiver quite a bit more appealing than what you may actually understand they are so we are going to go over a few pivots vander go ahead and start us out with the guys that you have determined could possibly be the ones to kind of take you on through I man. First and foremost, man, the number one waiver prospect. I'm going to say number one and number two because these guys are on the same team. These probably some guys you need to grab. And y'all can, you know, pretty much let me know what y'all think about it. That's Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. I like it. Yep. Because they're going to split and Indy's going to run the ball. So if you were the JT owner, that's luckily you have two guys that should be readily available to you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, especially Deion Jackson, man. I, I just love how he runs over his upside. He's going to be clearly the pass catching back out of the two. All right, man. Coming in, number three, we got Jahan Dotson. 
they're finally getting him back to where he was. Um, we, we we saw what he was able to do at the beginning of the season, and now they're looking for him again in the red zone. He's still the, uh, I won't say the big play guy, the big play guy, Scary Terry, but he's definitely the, the number two big play guy on that team, and he's normally covered by lesser talent as far as corner is concerned. So I can definitely see that guy being one to keep an eye on, or if you need to make a quick pivot based on injury or anything like that, yeah, he, he could be the one to put up, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown in one play. Agreed, agreed. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like he's the piece that was missing in the offense. I think, you know, I don't know how he disappeared with his skill set and how he can just maneuver and run routes. He's a he's a great talent as a receiver. I can't wait to see him blow up. You know what, Joe? You're right. They, they were losing a lot while he was out, and nobody really, you know, put that together as you do realize they started losing when he got hurt. I don't know if that's a, you know, a chicken or the egg situation there, but the fact is they lost the majority of the games that he didn't play in. So mm-hmm. good point. All right, coming in number four. And I think this is going to be actually a good DFS play as well. Uh as far as the matchup they have this week and uh due to a few injuries on this team. I'm gonna go with Marquise Goodwin. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, if uh Lockett isn't playing I think this is a good pivot. Like this guy has been catching a steadily two to three catches, but they've been for a, a good amount of yards. But him, you know, expounding on his role, he's clearly the third receiver on the team, and he's supplanted that role. He's a good pivot if Lockett's not able to go. Hook me up with some info, Joe. What's going on with Lockett? I, I didn't see him um, when I was gathering the information for the wide receivers. Uh, I didn't see that he was on the report. What happened with Lockett? Oh, Lockett just wasn't a participant um, today in practice. I forget if it's an ankle or foot injury. Um, I'm gonna actually look it up and for clarification. But yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of those who hasn't logged in practice just yet. Well, and, and I'm gonna uh, also add on that. You know, he had a surgery on his finger. Oh, that's so, right. He broke his. Okay, okay. So there's actually a chance that he'll you know only miss just one game. So with that one game, that's why I you know I got Marquise right here. I see it. I see it. Number five. Now this guy he. It's still on a, um the percentage is pretty low. Still on some leagues. Um, he's out there. Maybe some guys already got him because he spoke on him for a few weeks now. And that's still Donovan Peoples Jones, man. Number five. Where you at? I can't believe that that he's still available. To be honest with you. Um, but yeah, pe- people are sleeping. I mean, he's actually, if if you if you go by the fantasy points, he's been more of a favorite to Watson than Cooper has. So. You know, you may want to keep an eye out there. He he's the guy more like um, a Will Fuller than an Amari Cooper is. He's that run and go get it. I think he's a little bit faster or, or definitely on par and less competition as far as the cornerback is concerned. So that's definitely something that I would take a look at. I shouldn't have traded him. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, was, I was speaking Jesus about this kid. And then he go the fuck off, man. And, 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 and a disclaimer for the listeners. All of these guys are available in 50% of more of the leagues. So we're not just naming That's guys. That's crazy that, to me that people haven't picked up on that, uh, yeah. on, on him especially. He, well, he's at 49.8, so he just made the gotcha. cut. Okay. But, uh, number six, he's only 14% rostered, and that's the tight end. Looking like a tight end one maybe moving up as we get along here more. And that's that boy Chig. I just call, I just call him Chig Oko because I don't want to you know, miss his name up. But tight end, Tennessee Titans. Um, we finally figured out who the tight end for the Titans is. We we knew that was going to be an important role, but they were kind of rolling out two, three, four guys in that same spot. And 
nobody really did enough to stand out. Chig is he's one of them. Like like he's he runs the ball like a running back. Like he he is the Delaney Walker prototype, you will. So, but only if Tannehill goes, who is doubtful, because I don't trust Malik at all. So that that would be the only drawback as far as Chig gets concerned. Now, if we now if we're talking about dynasty, please go ahead and put him on your roster. Do it now. Yeah, I'm glad you said that too. Like that whole analysis is, is where it's at. And then too, like you said, this is the most you know snap percentage that he's had all season. During the last three games, obviously has been standing out with 58, 49, 60. And like you said, as long as he tied to Tannehill, you know he's a must start. Willis, I don't know. All right, number seven. This guy is 25% rostered. And that's running back, Carolina Panthers, Cuba Hubbard. Mm, okay. Give me your breakdown on this one. As of late, he's been really getting a lot more action. The the Foreman experiment has kind of like faded away a little bit. I mean, this week, you know, he didn't have very much going against the Steelers, but the week before against Seattle, we seen, you know, he had 14 touches, uh, 74 yards with a touchdown. And he also had three kicks with 25. So I think it depends on the matchup and uh, game script. Again, as we get this deep in the year, it's all about who can offer something. They have a few, they got Detroit coming up, which is a pretty decent matchup. And then finally is a Tampa Bay. I think he has kind of carved himself back a role on his offense when at first it looked like Foreman was going to run away with it. And as far as Cuba is concerned, let's say I'm out as far as Dynasty is concerned, right? Is Cuba Hubbard one of those guys that you would put on your bench because you think he has long-term prognosis? Or do you think he would just kind of be cluttering your bench and you only really want to pick him up if you needed a spot start at running back this week due to injuries uh, like at flex or something like that i'm going to that point like you definitely want to have him to for the foreseeable future which is this season uh to random i think so he has great upside especially going against detroit so i think that was a great call out uh, by vander long term they're going to draft him a running back uh most certainly and it's yeah. a good crop of running backs this year really good i'm not sure how high of a draft these guys will be at anyone know currently i mean i'm certain that if they're anywhere in the top 10 which they should be. I wouldn't be surprised if the kid from Texas end up. I know, like, running backs, you, you rarely see running backs go this high as a late. I mean, we see Saquon. And before Saquon, you know, usually we we seen guys just as good as Nick Chubb going the second round. So we got a lot of guys that used to fall, Jonathan Taylor, deep, right. you know, late in a draft. But I think that, that kid Robinson from Texas, man, he I think he's going to be one of those ones that people going to, you know, kind of extend, uh, get out that little early. In the, I'm not sure where Carolina late lies at in the draft, but so so you think he's like the prognosis is better than uh, Brees Hall? We know Brees Hall got hurt. Uh, well, you know Joe, he right. the college guy, <laughs> but, for, but but for me, for for my money, yeah, I think more people seen Robinson coming. Where you know you knew Brees was potentially he looked like you know, he looked the part like yo this dude he's pretty so he gonna be all right. But I think Robinson is more you you heard the engine coming from down the street. Before the car came, before the car got up on you, you was like, "Oh, that's a Hellcat." You know, it was it was turned the corner. You didn't see it yet, so I think you heard the noise before you seen the car. I think with a guy like Brees Hall, you didn't hear the noise, but the car got up on you pretty quick. You're like, "Oh, oh, oh, this this is nice." All right, I think it's one of those type of things. I think Robinson, people see him coming. Yeah, I agree. Not to make it too much about the draft, but he is special. And I think a lot of people compare him to Saquon and some sometimes Barry Sanders. Not even putting it out there that that's who he Whoa, is. Okay. No, no, I'm not putting it out there that that's who he is, but no, he just the comparison. Ooh, okay. This boy, he, he get busy. He finds anything. He finds it. He'll he'll 
he just makes anything happen. It's like, like I said, it's almost like look, looking at Saquon and Penn State and Barry Sanders. It's not like a combination of Walker and Brees. That boy is special. He, like I said, he he can make anything happen. Like he finds what's not even there. He's a very patient runner. He's very explosive. He does everything. He just like like Vander said. Like he, you can see him coming. You know he's coming. Like he is he one of those that it doesn't matter what's around him. Or it don't matter. He's gonna, okay. Okay. Yeah, to Vander's point, he might he might go as high as a, a top ten pick um this year in the draft like he's he's that dynamic as, as a, of a running back and you know we don't see that in, in today's game right no we don't you know running backs go that early it's like uh, who's the last one really? to go early saquon like, saquon. Saquon. saquon yeah <laughs> oh, okay and, and and that was what four five 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 years ago two? yeah 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 that was about five years ago since and since he went that high even though we saw what he He's done. I think he's been the reason why nobody's been drafted that high because it's like that, especially that position is the one most likely to get hurt. And when you have the James Robinsons of the world running around that can give you, you know, numbers that are more than serviceable, you know, when you have the Brian Robinsons of the world and the, you know, there's a lot of the Pachecos of the world that, you know, you can just go get. It's a little bit more difficult to convince the GM, I would think, to spend. And then you got to think about the money that you're going to have to end up giving to that running back spot, too. So it's a lot going on there. Looking and, and real quick, to that. Yeah, real quick on Carolina, I mean, hell, they need a quarterback as well. So I think, you know, and that's, and that's way Facts. more important, a way more important position. I but, saw that CJ Stroud may end up there. That was the last projection that I saw. Well, I actually seen a mock draft and they said yeah, the, the kid uh, from Kentucky, you know, yeah, I think it's Levis, uh, Levi's, whatever his name is, right? Mm-hmm. The one that I saw had him going before CJ. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You know how this thing gets. Yeah, it's that time you know, of year. Yeah, we're close yeah. to it, at least. So it's it's going to be there's going to be a lot of moving around, a lot of moving parts. We see how the combine goes. Of course, a lot of these All Star games, Senior Bowls, all that kind of thing. So it's going to be a lot of moving around by the time. Uh, and even I even seen I seen the kid Robinson go high as top ten, and I seen him go as low as going to Baltimore twenty four. Ooh, that's ooh. Like, that's already, you know what I mean, so just that'll just, be nasty. So you just never know what what could happen. We need number eight, uh, and this guy here, this guy here has really seen a little boost. And my number eight, we got KJ Osborne, uh, Minnesota Vikings. I like that one. I like that one quite a bit. Like uh, you would think, as much as they have three receiver sets, that he would kind of stand out a little bit more. But it was the hot show. But I think now, uh, especially in a matchup uh, like this coming week, he can definitely provide immediate value to a team. You know, owner right now in the playoffs. I like that one. That was a good call out. I think the only reason he hasn't shown up earlier to Joe's point, the fact that they did go out and get T.J. Hawkinson from Detroit. Outside of that, I think he would have been one of those guys that you actually probably could have depended on all year, but they, they kind of took a hard pivot and, and took someone who has a little bit, say even more talent than, than KJ does and brought him along. Uh, but yeah, um, he's definitely been getting more and more involved. I can see that. All right. Number nine, this guy is 33% roster and due to another injury on this team, he, um, maybe Shiraz just a tad in this list, but uh, it's the running back Atlanta Falcons, Tyler Allegier. I can't believe he's still available. Actually, a little known fact right now, he's third as far as rookie running backs are concerned, as far as yards are concerned for this year. He hasn't been a breakout per se, but he's one of those guys that is 
more than holding serve and showing that he should be the lead guy for that team. So maybe he's a guy like if you're in dynasty that you you go get before other people realize what he could potentially end up being. Oh, yeah. And because we sat down on the show, that's exactly who I'm going to get after uh, we finish talking. This is his backfield. I'm a, I'm a, I'll be one to say it now. Like he I remember saying like he's because somebody brought him up uh, quite a few times during the show. And I'm like, all right, let me look into this kid. And I said, either he's going to be Mike Davis or Mike Turner. And that kid got that Turner in him. That boy, is, he's very physical. He knows how to run, know how to block. I like him. I think that's the – ain't even about him being a pivot. This I guy heard that name a long time. Yeah, Mike Turner. Yeah. He just <laughs> reminds me so solid. much like him. Um, Alex Jerry reminds me so much like him. I forgot which one of you I put this guy on the on the show a couple times. When I look at him, this boy is I think it's not even a pivot. He's the guy. My person. No Huntley? Oh yeah. Give me give me Alex Jerry. Yeah, Mike Turner was solid. I Man, I like when he turned back in the day. And uh, last yeah. but not least, uh, this quarterback, he's forty seven percent rostered. And of course this is gonna be in one quarterback leagues, and that's Daniel Jones. For those guys that's having issues, yeah, definitely injuries. like Daniel Jones. He's um, been that's crazy that he's still out there. Are there that many quarterbacks that have put up better points than Daniel Jones this season? I don't think there are. Well, you know, when you get in these one quarterback leagues, you would be surprised who's available. That's now, true. And, and, and uh, you know, and it's funny, right? In a lot of leagues, there's so many different rules. You got some leagues that you only can carry two quarterbacks, right? True, true. Um, so it just depends on the, the rules in, in your particular league. We had uh, one of the fiends post on the Facebook group that he had hurts and Fields was still available. And I'm like, there ain't no way. What? That, <laughs> how does everyone in your league have a quarterback that they feel is better than Justin Fields has been? And he's still available to even discuss picking up off a waiver. So that's why we got to have conversations because you just never know who's out there. Your, your league winner may literally be right there staring you in the face on waivers right now. So that will conclude this week's top 10 waiver. Let's go. All right. So we're going to go ahead and hop into a new segment and we call it how to win your league. So we down to the nitty gritty. Good people. It's time to put up or shut up. It's time for the heartbreak to be that much worse and for the exhilaration to be that much more when you win or lose so we are going to throw a few tips out there that will help the fiends out there make sure that we experience that thrill of victory versus having to deal with that agony of defeat highlight the people young van we're gonna get straight into it man how to win your league we got a few rules well a few laws rules are gonna call it first and foremost play the studs they help you got here there's some players that have proven all year besides a couple of games. And you really got to play the percentages and play the guys that helped you get this far. Don't get cute. This is the wrong time of the season to get cute. We've seen some guys out here that has bad matchups or guys that haven't maybe produced, you know, some of your studs. You would take a guy like uh, Devonta Adams, for instance, right? Last week, you know, he only had 20, 28 yards receiving. And the week before that, he had three catches for 71 yards. And now Waller is back. Winfro. So maybe in your mind, you're thinking, ah, maybe I should try this guy, that guy. Don't get cute. Play your studs. That's all I could tell you. You got some guys that have some iffy matchups this week. If you have a stud, for instance, I give your guy something like a Travis Etienne, right? Uh, he got the New York Jets. So you may be afraid to play him. Maybe you want to play Pacheco against Seattle, you know, because of their run defense. So at this point, you just can't get cute. Last week, I almost got cute myself. Uh, <laughs> I had Eckler, Austin Eckler, that was going against uh, Tennessee. And Tennessee has been ruthless 
you know, against running backs this year. And I was going to play Pacheco, who was going against Houston, which was the worst run team in the league. But I didn't get cute, and I ended up going making the right decision by keeping my stud in there. So that's, uh, for example, uh, something I'm speaking on. And also, just to add to that, don't think that what Vander is saying now is in contradiction to what was said last week. Specifically, play the studs that got you there, not just the studs that are stud by name, which we basically told you last week is a practice that a lot of the industry throws out there that we don't agree with. Once a stud shows you that they are no longer a stud, then we take that moniker away from them. It is not a contradiction of what we told you last week. It's what he is saying is play the studs who got you here, not just the people that got a big name, if that makes sense. Great advice. My advice would be always look ahead as far as uh, defenses are concerned. The best defense for this week might not be the best defense for next week. And, you know, you may want to have two or three defenses out there. If we're talking standard leagues or things of that nature, maybe you get rid of some of that depth that you thought was making your decision making a little bit more difficult. And you actually go ahead and you put up the guys that are going to have the best matchups as far as kickers and defenses are concerned. And then even if you don't start those players or those teams, you keep them away from someone else who could potentially pick them up and use them against you. So those are just some of the things that I find to be very important at the end of the year. As Vander said, you know, don't get cute. But at the same time, if you have an overwhelming instinct about a player and there is a definitive logic to your decision making, I would also say it hurts even worse for you to have that sort of a feeling and for them to score points on your bench that could have taking you into next week that there's also that side or or that school of thought as well yeah i think you guys uh, raised so many good points uh you know just the culmination of what you said that now is the opportunity just one week away or two weeks away how how deep your playoffs is now is the time to rack up on all the defenses know the matchups and to your point get away get away from people that that can make you be indecisive about making a decision just so you can acquire more players because your strategy to beat everybody else take away what's available to what somebody else's necessity is. If you know the, the injury report the or anything like that that's um that's less favorable to somebody else. Say for example, somebody's down Tannehill or whatever. But like you said, by making those moves, I'm gonna take the best available quarterback that could be on the, the waiver wire and make somebody pick the the worst, the lesser matchup. And like you said, stash defenses because that's one more thing that you can plan ahead for the following week, the next week. So I think that those two are valuable. But like you said, nonetheless, stick to logic because to what both of you guys said, it's what got you here at the end of the day. But if the logic makes sense, and the logic is the snap percentages, it's the how many the percentages of the formations. Like the, the the real denominators that's going to say who's going to break out or have a successful game, you got to play to that or you got to still, you know, like ride who got you there at the end of the day. So I like that those two points. To piggyback off of what Joe was just saying, you definitely want to play bully ball if you can. If, if Hurts just got hurt and the only people out there on the waiver wire are Minshew, Malik Willis, and then an actual backup that you got to hope his starter gets hurt. Well, guess what? I'm dropping a backup wide receiver and a backup running back. And I'm taking all quarterback possibilities away from that team that thought they was just going to be able to pick their backup up at their own leisure. So there is a bully ball is a little bit involved in this as well. And then in my opinion, that's just smart. It ain't no different than what the Rams did. Yeah, they did need Baker Mayfield, but they damn sure ain't want the 49ers to have him either. So sometimes you got to make that waiver pick up. So your opponent can't. Okay. Speaking, I'm going to kind of go over what Joe said, and it's going to bring us into law number two. 
stream defenses and kickers if you need it. And the one thing at this point of the season, you shouldn't underestimate the difference between a point or two. Because Facts. I mean, last year I, I, I lost the championship by like point four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like that. So, yeah. I mean, especially in those leagues that have those, you know, they, they break down the points, you know, point, whatever. So, you can't underestimate the difference between the one point or two. Make sure you stream defenses and kickers uh, if you're starting, if you're starting to have a tough, if they have a tough matchup. So, things like these injuries, right? And I'm going I'm to throw a few guys, I'm just going to throw a few defenses out here. Uh, so, defenses you want to look at to streaming, uh, you got the Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, you got the Tennessee Titans defense, the Lions, the Rams, and the Vikings. These are some defenses that you may want to look into streaming. And it's also due to how they've been playing as of late, also due to their opponents. We just seen uh, Colt McCoy against the Broncos, you know what I mean, for instance. This week, more than likely Dallas is taking in your league, but Gardner Mitchell had to go against that defense. Now we just hear news about Tennessee, uh, even though they're playing Houston. But... <laughs> We've seen Houston playing with a little bit of Houston heart been as stepping of late. Up, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Houston been stepping so up. So they're playing against a guy like a Malik Willis. So a lot of these guys are, are very prone to turn the ball over and things of that nature. Uh, they'll throw a pick six and, you know, whatever. So And also kickers to stream. They need some kickers that's been kind of hot lately. You got Chase uh, Milolan, uh, Joseph, uh Greg Joseph from Minnesota, Jason Sanders, uh, Riley Peterson from Jacksonville. I know he's available because – Cade York from the Browns. One thing I found in, in, in fantasy football, year to year, it never fails. People, this is the one position that people draft names over points. It never fails. You'll see the kicker from Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be highly on, but he's never in the top when it comes to kickers at the end of the year. You gotta understand, these guys are get down here in the in towards the, the red zone and they're scoring touchdowns, right? Facts. They're yep. getting one point. You want to get kickers that Offenses, they kind of stall when they get close. At least you know you're getting three or better. You may get three, four, five yep. points off a, off a free, off a field goal, right? Versus getting one point off a touchdown. So a lot of people make that mistake year to year in leagues where they're drafting the, the, the names. You know, I want Greg Zerline. I want, you know, they get these popular names of kickers, but it'd be the guys like Nick Folk. <laughs> and these guys at the end of the season, they'll be the ones. But honestly, more than anything, you can just say the team, right? Mm -hmm. The Patriots kicker is going to put up points. Baltimore's yeah, kicker is going to put – we know who that is, Tucker. Well, he but, put up yeah, but Tucker – But <laughs> for instance, right, but Tucker is a probably the most popular kicker, right? I would say so. And uh, But he Tucker's kind of like he's the only – But he's the only one that actually is not only a good kicker, but he's on a team that, that has a good offense, but they tend mm -hmm. to stall a lot as well. Yep, and he, you know he's good from fifty. So you gonna they get, get a big those. touchdown or they got a field goal. They, right. they don't once they and get it's usually like a long field 20, goal too. Yep, exactly. Once they so get inside that twenty, it's hard right. for them. So that's a, that, that could be a four or five point. You know. But look, okay. So let me throw this out there. Based on this whole prognosis that we just worked up, how do we feel about Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles? Based on the fact that Hurts won't be playing, Minshew's going to be a little rusty. I still think the offense will move, but they may have some issues in the red zone which could prove to be a really good game for Elliott. Well, my, my answer to that would be this. Can they get there first? I think they can. Okay, well. I mean, even even if they lean on the running game and then they just use that, you know, the, if they use the Dallas version of the Cooper Rush project, um, I think Minshew is a better quarterback than he is, and mm -hmm. he has better talent around him than he did. I think they'll be able to move the ball downfield. 
it, at least into again field goal range. Mm-hmm. If they get in the field goal range three times and it's you know three forty yard field goals, you just got twelve points from a kicker. Yeah, that's the thing. Can they can they get down there? You know, if Michigan can get them in in position to get, you know, then yeah, I think he'd be a good choice. I would say that would be law number two um, for guys uh, trying to win their league. So I think kickers are one of the things that we typically, like you said, we go for the high names and the high priority, but you got to look at the matchup too. And I think one thing that I've kind of picked up from both you guys is just the spread. Know how many points are involved in, in actuality. What games are going to be close? If you know the matchup is going to be favorable to take game being close, you might want to go with, you know, either kicker. If you know that, you know, might be, a come from behind position, you might want to go with the one on the, the losing end, you know, where it's, where it's more favorable that they have to score some type of points. Just don't, like you said, just don't go off a name in regards to that, as far as kicker. And then with defenses, um, I always like to look at the turnovers. Like if I'm ever in the dump and I, I need to know who I need to stream, obviously you're going to look at the matchup. You're going to look at, you know, home and away. But I look at the turnover. I like to see who generates what, what they've been doing the last five games or or home and away split, stuff like that. When I when I necessarily have to, like I said, I ain't saying you got to do it every week. You ain't got to be that deep. But sometimes you can find, like you said, the Clevelands that make sense, the Detroits that make sense, and the Vikings. Not And they don't all sound good, but when you look at some of like the, those analytics and stuff like that, it makes sense for that week to week why it makes sense. Or if you know, you know what I mean, like you said, on the opposite end, it's, it's a quarterback because of injury. It's a rookie quarterback. It's a weather, something that might change the game script into something favorable to the other matchup. A team might not be might be 30th in passing, but 15 against the run, you know, or something like that. And then it's a game script that's favorable to him that might lead to a turnover or something like that, or even a kick returner, which is the 5%. So those are my thoughts on, on both of those kickers and defense. Law number three, and this kind of goes, you know, the same as far as with the defenses and things like that, is lock in on the injury report this week. Pay attention to the latest nice. fantasy news of all the players. A player like a Hurts being out, for example, can indirectly affect multiple fantasy players. So that's the thing about people understand, like, one injury can affect a lot of guys. So this Hurts injury can very well affect A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, you know, things like that, like even the run game in Miles Sanders. Facts. And like so, in the league, I got a choice between AJ Brown and Chris Olave. If Minshew's throwing the ball, that's a lot tougher decision than what it was when Hertz was in there. So don't just pay attention to your guys. Pay attention to you know the whole board. You had to see the whole landscape. A lot of these injuries. So it's it's really like a trickle down effect with a lot of injuries because we just speak on one injury. Let's just say if it's Jalen Hurts, that one injury has an effect on the receivers, the running game. The other team's defense, you know what I mean? So they spoke on the kicker, right? So this one injury has an effect on how many guys. But you just pay attention to Hurts. That's it. No, 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 no. Pay attention to everybody. And once you break this down, then you realize some of the better plays and things to to maybe pivot away from and, and how to capitalize on certain injuries as well. Not only your own injuries, but you need to know how to capitalize off of other guys' injuries, like uh, Zay was mentioning, playing bully ball. That's why you see in a lot of leagues there's rules that lock you from signing so many quarterbacks and things of that nature because people are kind of hip to that game where they drop their whole roster and just sign everything available. Right. Um, and there's nothing left out there for you to <laughs> to get. So, But you never know. You may be in an outlaw league where, you know, it's the wild, wild west. And, and I mean, Zay, he knows we play in leagues like that where yep. <laughs> it get tight down this time of the year, two-quarterback league. A dude to drop his whole damn near his whole bench and just snatch everything up 
and then yep. you're, you're sitting there. Minshew, Malik, all of them gone. Right. So now oh, you're pretty much playing with one quarterback, if any. You know what I mean? Because there's no one available. The trade deadline has passed. And now you're at the mercy. You got to kiss the ring. You know what I mean? So definitely lock in on those fantasy. We don't just speak uh, here on, on the show about injuries just for the hell of injuries. Like, these things are very key. Not just on your own team, but for things like defenses, kickers, other players that are affected by that one person's injury. And the other thing that it can really affect is if you have, like, let's say a running back or wide receiver, things of that nature, you may have had a fringe flex start, but now there's an actual, you know, for this game, a wide receiver one, or at least a player that's going to receive wide receiver one targets versus a guy that maybe you had in that flex spot that only gets, you know, two, three, four targets a week if they get that. You have to stay water as things change. You can't be so confident that because they're on your bench, they're better versus saying, okay, the situation has changed. So the prognosis of points has also changed. Those are things that we definitely want to keep in mind. Most people have to learn it just like not even just checking the, the injuries towards the end of the week because that's what most typically, but be aware. Like you always want to take a look at the one that comes out on Wednesdays, the ones that come out on Fridays. Um, and then, too, Sunday is the most critical time to stay abreast because those are the ones that you make on the fly, you make on a whim. Some of us are fortunate where we already have the champ, the league-winning team already. But like you said, like in tandem with injuries, waiver wires, bully ball, is like, I think that's something that, got, that all through, everything that we just said all plays together because you're not just playing against, um, you know, your opponent. You're playing against the entire league and going to, just, you know, it's going to be the championship weekend next week. I'm already. You got to already pre- predict that you're going to be in the next round, and even if you're not in the next round, you're going to spoil it for somebody because they're not going to have, you know, that opportunity. So just being aware of injuries, and now it's available to where you can even see when they do the practices for the entire week. So Saturday, I might just look on NFL.com injury report list or wherever the websites are, and you can see what on what day, what did they do? Did they log a practice, what they didn't do? So if you got a guy returning from injury, you can get a hindsight, okay, is he going to be there? Do I need to come up with a pivot? There's so many resources now that, you know, we have to play towards the injury. The injuries fall into waiver wire, and then obviously the waiver wire falls into the decisions we make on game day. So all of those go together cohesively. And last but not least, the last law to how to win your league. We spoke on playing your studs. We spoke on streaming your defenses, your kickers, guys that you need to know. We spoke on locking in an injury report. And last but not least, play the guys that have been cooking as of late. This is the thing that's going to separate you from others. Hopefully, you were the guy that was on that waiver wire grabbing some of these guys, get them on your team because these are the guys, you know. And, and this would make the – and Zay, we, we spoke about this earlier, like way in the season where what separate the good, the okay, from the great, fantasy players is recognizing its levels to a whole fantasy season. You got some guys are just draft heroes. They have a good draft and they lock their team in for the rest of the season. They think that's just a right. win. Hell no. You're never going to win. If, the team, if you're in a league that, yep. that nobody's <laughs> making moves, then of course somebody got it. Right, right. But right. if you're in a league that's 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 heavy, heavy movement being gone, uh, being made, and you think you're just going to draft your team and keep it the exact same, and that's, and that's going to win your league, forget about it. It's called incremental increase. If I can incrementally increase my team, whether it be waiver, whether it be trade, whatever the case may be, and we were anywhere close to being equal after the draft, 
well, now I'm better than you, and there's not much you can do about it because you're not willing to make any moves. So, hey. So the the the, the gumbo to win you you know to be an elite fancy player is the draft, right? Recognizing those studs, but at the same time, it's also getting the guys that's available on the waiver that's going to cook later in the season because there's different parts of the season. You got the early part of the season, you got the mid, then you got the late. And some guys start off hot and they fizzle out. We've seen that. Uh, Cordell Patterson, for instance. We've seen this two years in a row. Start off fire flaming. And then by the time the end of the season, mm. the way and tear has worn on him because he's really a wide receiver playing running back. Then you got the guys like uh, Derek Henry, for instance, who had <laughs> – Derek Henry's a funny guy. He starts off kind of slow, kind of all right. And then it seemed like towards the end of the season, he come downhill. And it seemed like the NFL – or fantasy gods or whoever's in charge give him the most cupcake schedule during the playoffs. Right. I don't know if it's right. just me, but every year, and when it come time playoff, Derrick Henry got the, the the Jags, he got the Texans. Like he just got all <laughs> these cupcake teams, and he usually run away uh, for guys in their playoffs. But Turn also, you got to get the guys that's cooking. We spoke on, we've been speaking on it for weeks. These waiver ads. I give you a few examples. We've seen for the last two weeks. Probably the hottest guy, Jared McKinnon. Last, this past week, we just seen Zay Jones, who we right? been speaking yeah. on. You know what I mean? For weeks, we talked about getting Zay. I think he was like 30% on when we started talking about getting Zay Jones. Yeah, he probably been less than that. Uh, let's talk about like a like an Evan Ingram, who has – we, we had high hopes of him early in the season, but we see he picking up a lot later in the season. Right. Same thing for a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones. We had high right. hopes of him early in the season, but he tend to pick it up later now that – Watson and he didn't do bad based on where you can draft him either. Right in the in the beginning of the season. Right, we've seen a guy like a Jerry Judy who's yeah. who's been playing well due to injury of another guy. You see, you see how we speak on that? How injuries affect other players. So the injury to Sutton has not elevated him to the number one spot. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen him being peppered with targets, and he's making the best of them. Dobbins, high hopes for him coming into the season. Right, had to get you know. That healing, how they get kind of back up the up the step. Now he's kind of getting more closer to that two year mark we talked about. Let's go to a, a Drake London quarterback change. This is big, mm-hmm. you know. what I'm saying now that he has a guy like a Ritter at the helm, he's going to be peppered with more targets. I, I wish Kyle Pitts was healthy. This is around the time Facts. that you really yeah, would have seen, you know, what he could have did this past year. I thought two more guys out there. Let's go, Jared. Let's go, Garrett Wilson. So we've seen the elevator of, of him this past season. He is high with Flacco, dropped back down with Zach, went back up with Mike White, and now he's kind of like still kind of trending because I guess Zach Wilson's like, damn, I, this is the guy I got to get the ball to. So I, now it's I, like a, a realization it's of – It's a trust issue with me now with him. Not, not Excuse me, not with him, but the fact that Zach is still in there. I, I just got trust issues. It, it might just mm-hmm. be the week that he decided to ignore him again. But – because Davis went down, who was Zach's go-to, he didn't have a choice but to find another guy to throw it to. And for whatever reason, he refuses to throw the ball to Elijah Moore. So, All right. So playing the guys that's hot, knowing the matchups, and this one guy he saved my season. Zay spoke on. I had Cooper Cup first pick. He got hurt. Christian Watson, who hotter than him right now? He had the seven touchdowns or whatever in the last of my games. But if you watched the game the other night, he didn't score a touchdown. But they were there. Plenty against Jalen Ramsey. He was a lot touchy. A lot of things the referees didn't call let go on. And then at the end of the game, uh, Aaron Rodgers gave him a sign to throw him a quick slant that probably would have ended up being a touchdown. I don't think Watson seen the sign. And um, Rodgers ended up just throwing it away at his feet or something like that. You know what I mean? Just throwing the ball away. But 
they're really trying to get this guy involved in his offense. He he's a he's he's a hell of a cover. I think uh, Ramsey learned that uh, the other night. Uh, he's a big boy, and uh, once this guy really learns how to use his hands more at the line, I'll suggest maybe give it someone like a Mike Evans or somebody that's kind of you know what has his kind of build. But once he learns how to you know, it's not all about my strength and and, and my size like a DK. It's all about sometimes them hands and them feet. Once he learns that, this, this boy is going to be a problem. Um, so, like I said, like a Watson. So play the guys that's that's hot at the moment. And uh, those are a few players right that I just added out there. Spot on. That'll wrap up the loss to win your league. We're going to go ahead and hop up into week 16's matchups. Okay, so let's go ahead and go through the matchups for the week. Jacksonville is going to be going up against the Jets. This is going to be a 38-point over-under and only a half-point spread. So Vegas is saying that these teams are pretty much identical. Probably whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. Who we starting? Who we sitting? What's the DFS play in this one? Play the hot guy. We, we just spoke on that, playing who's hot, right? I would say Trevor Lawrence is still a – I don't like the matchup per se because the Jets are really good against the pass, uh, but I think – in your leagues, you you definitely need to still play this guy. My sit would probably be uh, Travis Etienne. He probably, be, as far as fans, I'm saying don't sit him. You know, people out there, you know, play him if you have to. But I mean, as far as fantasy, um, like DFS, he'd probably be my sit play. My start play probably would be uh, Garrett Wilson in this game. I think Garrett Wilson probably would probably be the must start. You got Atlanta going up against Baltimore. That's a 37 and a half point over under. Atlanta is getting seven and a half points in this one. What say you, Joe? As far as my start, um, I'm going to go with, as far as start, I'm going to go right to Allergy, just like we were talking about earlier in the um, the show. I think that's going to be a good matchup for him to get going. Regards to a sit, <laughs> as far as a sit, um, I actually would put, geez, I mean, like it's nobody notable to, I'm going to go to Drake London. I think, this is finally a matchup. You know, it's like pick a corner. I think this is a really good matchup where they know who's the most viable player on the team. And also, too, it really took him a long time to get the yards he did accrue in his last matchup. So I would definitely sit Drake London in this matchup against Baltimore. DFS play, I'm going to go with DeMarcus Robinson. With Duvernay out on injury, I think he kind of becomes one of the guys, if it means anything, relevancy. It's just a nice way to get to some higher-up players uh, this week. Detroit going up against Carolina. This is a 44-point over-under, and Carolina's getting two-and-a-half points. In this one, I'm starting, you know, whoever I have from Detroit that I've been starting, I'm not afraid to start. As far as Carolina is concerned, there really isn't anyone that I – like other than DJ Moore in a spot start, Sam Darnold may be able to do you some good uh, based on the fact that he's going to have to throw the ball the entire time. But Detroit's defense kind of picks and chooses when to stand up. Uh, sometimes uh, their opponents score right along with them. And then other times the opponent is kind of stymied to the point that it's a, it's a blowout. So one thing about it, <laughs> as it pertains to Vegas, one thing that I've always noticed is when you have a high percentage of the public thinking one way, it tends to go the other way. And I'm not saying anything, you know, fishy's going on, but a very high percentage of the public is on Detroit. So that could play a factor as well, depending upon how much of the volume of the week is going on this game. That's just kind of something to consider, That I've a trend that I've seen, if you will. Buffalo going up against Chicago. This is a 40-point over-under, 
and Chicago is getting nine points. What you got, Vander? Buffalo and Chicago. I would say a good play here would be um, I like I like Cook. Uh, James Cook. He has been coming on, yeah. For sure. uh, I think he's a good. I mean, Chicago is not really good against the run. I think he will be uh, really good. DFS. Well, I'm gonna say Devin. So how, how about this? I like him. I like Devin. This is the run game of the Buffalo Bills in general. Uh, I would say Devin Singletary would be a good play here. We don't really want to speak on uh, Josh Allen, right? We we know what that is. And also uh, Fields. We don't really want to speak on him because we know what that is. I think those guys are just you just play them like you play them. We speak on guys that are hot at the moment, and David Montgomery was one of those guys who's playing well at the moment, and uh, he'll be a guy as well I want to play. Not many sits in this game, to be honest with you. There's a lot more just start. The only sit, I would say, is uh, the receivers for the Chicago Bears. No pass catches for the Bears I'd be comfortable with. Maybe it's a cold commit at tight end, but any of the wide receivers would be sits for me. But everyone else, I think, are, are, are plays um, in this game. So there's a lot. Of, this, this game is going to be fantasy-friendly. That makes sense. New Orleans is going to be going up against Cleveland. This is, I believe, the lowest over/under I've seen in a minute at 32 points, and New Orleans is getting two and a half points. So Vegas is predicting this to be one of those knockdown dragouts. I'm not sure if that has something to do with maybe the weather in Cleveland because the game is in Cleveland, so it won't be in the dome. Maybe that's kind of you know something that they're looking at, but that's definitely you. You may want to look at the guys that you have in your in your playoffs from either team. Whenever the over under is that low, that that may end up being one of those seventeen fourteen kind of games. What you got on this one? Yeah, I think this is a really good matchup. They say I want to know more about the weather um, going into this matchup. But off the bat, I definitely want to start if Chubb is healthy, and I think more likely now he's he's a he's a warrior. He's probably going to start. I'm gonna definitely fire up Chubb, even if against New Orleans. Orleans. Uh, this guy just wears on you over time, so I think you can start him with confidence. I'm a fade. I'm a sit. Amari Cooper only because I think with Lattimore back, he's going to get Lattimore, which leads me going back to a start, which is DPJ, who's going to be the benefactor of that coverage. Alave has definitely been missing on that offense for the Saints, and I think this presents a good opportunity with how they kind of spread the ball around and matriculate the ball for him to get a, a favorable amount of looks in the slot. Which brings me to my DFS play of Jawan Johnson, who is very who's been streaky, but man, he had them um, them good catches and a few touchdowns last week. He's he's definitely Dalton just loves this guy. He loves to get this guy the ball, and it's always when they need something. Where you know, as far as down and distance or the opportunity presents itself vertically, so you can just start him with confidence in DFS and if you have him in your league. Seattle's going to be going up against Kansas City. This is a 48 and a half point over under and Seattle is getting nine and a half points. There really aren't many sits in this one. Um, whoever you have from either team, you're kind of probably dependent on if it's DK, if it's Gino, obviously Patty. Um, if you have, you know, the McKinnons of the world, the Pacheco's of the world, like I, I don't see anyone fantasy wise that I would be afraid to play. I probably wouldn't start either defense, but the fact that Seattle's getting nine and a half points kind of tells me that Kansas City is going to be front running, which makes Isaiah Pacheco an even more desirable DFS play based on price. So that's kind of where I'm at with this matchup. New York going up against Minnesota, 48 point over under, three and a half points going towards the Giants. What you got on this one, Vander? Ah, man. Um, of course, your studs, right? You play your studs. The Jeffersons of the world, don't, don't, don't get cute. This is one of those things we're talking about, not getting cute. This is that time. Uh, I think you play Cousins. Him and Jefferson are coming off a high game, and maybe they can continue that going against probably the, I think the second worst pass team right now in the league, um, the New York Giants. So my studs 
and my must-starts would be like a Jefferson, a Cousins would probably be my DFS play. Of course, Saquon Barkley, he's cool with his game. He's a start. Again, on the other side, it's no different. Uh, Minnesota, one of the worst uh, pass teams in the league. So I, <laughs> I think, you know what I mean? So I think Jones. I think he's a good DFS player. He's 7,400 on FanDuel. Sometimes you can highlight the play as well. You'll get a lot of great skill players, and sometimes you'll get a pretty average quarterback and pair him with a wide receiver that's a low salary player, and that would be like a Slayton or something like that. So Slayton may be a sneaky play in, in a game like this where I did see Pat Peterson last week. He was kind of hobbled. I'm not sure what his injury looking like this week uh, going into this game, but he was a little hobbled last week. Look for a guy like Slayton, Isaiah Hoggins. Check him out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, check him out. He scored two touchdowns in the last three weeks. You know, he's kind of under the radar. You know what I mean? So he'll be a guy as well that sometimes you can pair that cheap wide receiver that nobody knows or sees coming. He'll be a guy like that going against this this team right here. But just, just play your guys, man, in this game. Cincinnati going up against New England. This is a 41.5 point over under with New England getting 3.5 points. What you got on this one, Joe? It's a lot of moving pieces with this, uh, with the Higgins news. I like this game. You know, I'm always keep saying I like this game, but I always want to like it for different reasons. Though we know New England have a really stout defense, it's not going to bother me to go back to Jamar Chase uh, whatsoever. I, f- I forget how far along Boyd is with the finger and with the speculation of Higgins. Uh, so just a little pivot off of that. I think, honestly, Hayden, <clears throat> Hayden Hurst return is going to leave a, f- a few more opportunities. And obviously, we got to go with the studs as far as Joe Mixon. Other side of the ball, I mean, it's just hard to tell which receiver is going to get active. And, and you really want to call it as a Jacoby game. So I'm going to kind of I'm gonna kind of lean off of that. As far as the sit, I'm going to go with Mac Jones. I just, I just, I'm just not seeing it, man. And it's... It's not that I don't know. I don't even want to go into that one. DFS play. I think I'm gonna go back to Samaji Piran. I think uh, going against a defense like this, they're gonna have to mix and match a little bit. And even with the reduced role, he still found the end zone. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the last two weeks or the two of the last three weeks, um, regardless of mixing being involved, I think he's just somebody. Again, if you need, to, I'm always the one the guy. If you need to get the spend up on somebody else, I like to go with those picks. So I like Samaji and uh, DFS. Houston going up against Tennessee. This is a 37-point over-under. Houston is getting five points. Although Tennessee has kind of been stepping up, I don't feel comfortable starting anyone on Tennessee. Excuse me, on Houston. And as far as Tennessee is concerned, obviously you have Derrick Henry. He could actually he, – he might win your week this week. I think Malik may end up with somewhere around eight passes or something like that. It's going to be stupid. Like, Henry is going to get – the vast majority of the touches this week and that's going to keep the ball out of Houston's hands for a good bit of the game so maybe Chris Moore does something still I'm Tennessee secondary still isn't you know anything to write home about so maybe that's how they attempt to stay in the game but I wouldn't want to have to count on it but if that's someone that you've pivoted to I I wouldn't be afraid to start him on the Houston side but he's he's the only one Washington going up against San Fran. This is a 39-and-a-half point over-under with Washington getting seven points. What you got, man? <laughs> man, oh, shout-out to my boy, man. What you, what you, what you, let's get into that. What y'all think about my boy Brock Purdy, man? He all right. <laughs> <laughs> what you think about Purdy? <laughs> Purdy. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean he's, Purdy, uh, man. 
he's serviceable. I mean, he's 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 doing what he's been asked to do. I mean, yeah. I think I think he's doing exactly what we've seen. Hell, we've seen Nick Mullins come in and do this. We've seen uh, C.J. Beathard come in and do this. Mm-hmm. We see. I mean, it's it's the system. I mean, like for this team, if you were to get a legit like top notch quarterback, it would be no stopping you. If you guys had gotten Tom Brady when when he went yeah. to the Buccaneers, I think you yeah. probably would have won like two three Super Bowls. I agree. I agree totally. No, I would. I would. This game, I would kind of like, uh, kind of temper the expectations. He would be my sit, honestly, and also any of the pass catches for the 49ers. Going against this Washington team was pretty good against the pass. A really good defense. I think this game can get kind of ugly. I think this could be really one of those knockout dragouts. I don't think it's going to be. You know, we coming in as the oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> NFC West division champions. Move on, it's the fantasy show. No matter coming in as that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really think, you know, I, I, of course, Christian McCaffrey, you, you must play him. But the Washington defense is pretty decent against the run. They're really good against the pass. And, I just, and, and you know, we already know what the defense um, that the 49ers have. So my sit also sit Brian Robinson, and I probably will sit uh, Antonio Gibson. There's a lot of sits in this game for me. I'm not comfortable starting anyone, to be honest with you. Only only Christian McCaffrey. But other than that, I think this is going to be one of those knockout dragouts. This can be one of those ugly games where, you know, low scoring. You know, start your field goal kickers, if anybody, um, and your defenses. I think this is going to be one of those kind of games. Probably more favorable uh, to the 49ers because the defense is a little more elite uh, going against um, Taylor Heineke. I'm not even a fan of McLaurin anybody this game. I think this is going to be a nasty game. That San Fran defense is stupid. For real, so, this might be the game that Wentz end up getting put back in. It, it could go that bad. I mean, it, it really could. Philly going up against Dallas. That's a forty-six point over/under, and Philly is getting four and a half. What you got on this one, Joe? Oh man, I wish Hurts was in this because it just make it just make talking about it that much enthusiastic. Facts, facts. Um, honestly, believe it or not, I'm, I'm gonna get the sit out the way. What is going on with Chicago's defense? I'm not Chicago with the Cowboys defense. They haven't registered, like, I don't even think they had, like, a lot of sacks the last two games. They didn't even, they didn't even get one last week or the week before. Their defense is just I'm, – I'm thinking – I remember they just had, like, seven sacks not too long ago. Like they just were, were so impressive. I don't know why they're not playing consistent, and this might be the week that they want to going against Gardner Minshew. As far as the starts, I'm going to go to the run game. I think this is going to be, you know, with the success that had a week prior, I think the run game still has some opportunity. So I'm going to have to always go with Zeke and Pollard. As far as, you know, the opposite end, we already know what AJ going to do. We know what Devontae Smith is going to do. So we can always talk about that. But also, too, I like I like Goddard coming back. A lot, you know, a lot can be said about Goddard's productivity, but he was on pace to really break a lot of records for the Eagles this season before he got hurt with that shoulder injury. So I think he's a good play. Um, DFS-wise, man. I, th- I think this is a good week to kind of, you know, put them, put, you know, kind of game stack a little bit. I like Dak, you know, as far as DFS. I think this is going to be a game. Of course, we see even with turnovers, he's managed to score over 20 fantasy points, most recently with the two interceptions and the fumbles. I think he's going to do relatively well again in this matchup. I think you can kind of game stack him with the Schultz or with, you know, a CD. Though I think uh, CD is going to get a majority of Slay. The way they move him around and get him involved, going with a Schultz or, you know, Lamb is favorable in that matchup. So I think that would be my DFS. We got Vegas going up against Pitt. This is a 39.5 point over under, and Vegas is getting three points. I love Adams in this one. And I think I may actually like Pickens on the other side as far as Pittsburgh is concerned. 
I don't know how to feel about Najee Harris. He's been very toxic-turvy. I don't like Pickett. Crosby, I think, could have a field day with that offensive line. It's going to be interesting to see how Vegas, how Vegas's offense is deployed now that they have some of their key cogs back. For them to be six and eight with two of their key starters on offense pretty much missing the majority of the year, I think people kind of you know forget that they haven't been a full team since day one. Well, and obviously you got um, Josh Jacobs, who you know I, I shouldn't have to tell you to start. He, he's a he's he's one of those guys that you just put in there right now. I think he's still the NFL's leading rusher, if I'm not mistaken. I know he was as of last week. That's why I'm at on that one. We got Green Bay going up against Miami, 49 and a half point over under, with Green Bay getting four points. What you got, man? Uh, you know, just play <laughs> play the Dolphins. My fantasy player would be Christian Watson still. Like, I'm, I'm really feeling the Christian Watson thing right now. This guy, he's he's legit. And I think uh, a one one year under his belt, a full offseason, he, he's going to be the guy to watch next year coming into fantasy leagues. I think he's going he's gonna to jump up a lot of boards. I want to say play uh, A.J. Dillon as well. We starting to okay. see, you know, him come on late. Trust what you see, not what you saw. Right. Again, we speak on the guys that's coming on at the right time. Like a Dobbins, like him, you know, certain peoples that you had high hopes for going into the season start off real slow, real sluggish, but they end up kind of being who you thought it was going to be later. And I think he's just one of those guys. I mean, Miami coming in, they're really good against the run, but I just think maybe some goal line, things like that. They seem like they really let AJ kind of power it in. But Watson would be one of my favorites this week, being that Miami is really bad against the pass. Don't play Aaron Rodgers though. Like <laughs> it's like it's kind of it's kind of funny. You just say don't play Aaron Rodgers, but you want to play the wide receiver. That can happen because if only one wide receiver goes off, that normally right. means the quarterback just had a pedestrian day. Right. So, I, I, but I do like um, the starter. Whoever the starter is, I think Wilson may come back for the Dolphins. If not, I like Mostert. Green Bay is really bad against the run. So, I do like Mostert in this game as well. But I would temper my expectations for Tua. Again, how we just said, I like Tyreek, but Tua maybe not so much. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where you can see a, a receiver can very well get seven catches for over 100 yards and touchdown, and the quarterback still not have that good of a fantasy day, if that makes sense. So I do like the wide receivers on both teams, but I do want to sit both quarterbacks, if that makes sense. The Denver Broncos going up against the Los Angeles Rams. That's going to be a 36.5 point over under with the Rams getting 2.5 points. Pretty much everybody's hurt with the Rams, and Denver's – Kind of hitting down that same path. What you got, bro? Man, I don't like. I gotta go first next week. I don't like this matchup. This is dude. <laughs> it's the dude hey, matchup. Hey, I, I, I'll <laughs> take this one. I'll give you the Tampa Bay versus Arizona. You know what? Go see. I love you for that one. Go ahead. Right <laughs> this, this the dude matchup. I'm gonna make it real easy. If you start anybody in this matchup, you're gonna lose your playoffs. Tampa Bay versus Arizona, 41 point over under. Arizona's getting six and a half. That's the one that you might have a little bit more luck in other than Jerry Judy. Okay. There's nobody on the Rams that I, I trust. Not even Akers, who's been getting the lion's share. I, I, there's uh, Murray's been getting the lion's share of the, of the carries with Denver. But again, nobody that I trust on either of these teams. And, but Jerry Judy in a pinch would be the one that I start. What you got on Tampa Bay versus Arizona, Joe? Now that we got out the doodle, let's uh, let's get to the <laughs> good one. I actually like this matchup. Um, I, I like. I, I feel like honestly, you would prefer Murray because Murray offers is more dynamic of a player. But Colt McCoy doesn't seem to skip a beat in this offense. And I think in a matchup like this, I think you're gonna want you're gonna want both sides of both offenses. 
I will say that in regards to a start, I'm gonna go with with Hopkins. I think Hopkins is just, I think all the receivers, Hopkins and uh, Marquise Brown, is gonna have a, a favorable day. On the other side of it, with Brady, man, if, if this is a nice get right spot two weeks in a row, I think it also bodes well for Fournette and and White as well, and all the Tampa Bay receivers. As far as a sit, I don't think this is a, a, the game for Connor for obvious reasons. He he may as, he's gonna be touchdown dependent on this matchup if the game is out of hand and they take the ball out of him running the rock he still catches the ball pretty well but that's why you got levante david and devin white to track down guys like him that are highly explosive and fast players dfs play again you know how i like to i like to you know build up if i need to you know move money around to get to the bigger guys i like trey mcbride trey mcbride obviously as long as Ertz is out he's gonna he's been getting more and more increased volume and you've been seeing him getting a, a, quite a few catches uh, I think this is a good game for him to, to sneak in the end zone. Again, he just helps move the needle as far as the offense. And they're starting to give him more and more opportunities week in and week out. Last matchup of the week, Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Indianapolis Colts. This is a 46 and a half point over under. And Indy is getting four points. What you got, Vander? This is one of those reflection games where you just you sit back and you're like, damn, what could have been? Because this is a sweet matchup for Jonathan Taylor right here, boy. I love Deion Jackson. The Chargers, again, horrible against the run. I guess you have to ask yourself which one is going to be the guy that leads the charge. I, I'm, I'm with Joe on this one, though. I, I think I like the way Deion Jackson run the ball a lot better than Zach. I think they're going to split. Well, they, they, may, they very well may split. I think Zach ran it more times. It, it's funny because I think, yeah, Zach had more carries last game. But I, to me, I just think Jackson's just a better runner. I can see it, but, I mean, but he, he's also had his his issues with getting nicked up. So right. I, I can see them not wanting to, you know, so I, too much of a load. Yeah, I mean, for the price point, I would say Zach Moss would probably be my DFS play uh, in this game. Temper your expectations for Mike Williams this game. He'd probably be a sit for me. Quiet is kept. I mean, coming to – I wish I was a GM because in the offseason, it's one of those things like in the Carolina Panthers, I think this is where they dropped the ball at. They let Stephon Gilmore go. Back. I was like, they damn, you got J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn is a, a dog. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, you got J.C. Horn. You got Gilmore. That's you know, two South Carolina alums. Like, this is – you know what I mean? In Carolina, they let him go. Uh, it seemed like nobody was even knocking at the door of Stephon. He was kind of hanging out there for a minute. And they came in free agency. And this guy's playing top three corner ball this year. You know what I mean? He's just showing you why he was a defensive player of the year, you know, at corner. He's playing sweet, great ball. Um, Jefferson he played against last week. He got hit. He got they, – they, they, it was a good fight. You know what I mean? They both they both got their thing. And I think you should temper your expectation on a guy like a Mike Williams this game. I do like Eckler. He agreed. It'd be a good start for me. So my start would probably be Eckler. My sit would be Mike Williams. My DFS play would be Zach Moss. Of course, you play the other studs like the Herberts. You know, you got to play those guys. But temper your expectation on Herbert again because this coach's defense is really good. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a, a, a question for you. In one of my leagues, I have the decision to make between Herbert and Kirk Cousins. You I say temper go, your expectation. I may go Which Kirk. Which direction do you go? I you may go, go Kirk. Kirk. That, yeah. That's what I was linked. Cause see, and that's another thing. 
go with your math, not the projections. Unless unless you have like specialty leagues where you get like bonus points and things of that nature, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But in my head, for my math, I'm looking at Cousins minimally equal to Herbert. And that defense, if they take away Williams and for any reason Keenan Allen can't get right, that's really going to start. I can see it turning into an Eckler game and, and those touchdowns end up being rushed in versus being passed in. Because, I so, mean, the reason I say go, I, I, I think I like Cousins better because, I mean, I think Herbert a better quarterback. Of course, everybody going to say on paper and things like that. But who has the best sole weapon? And that's Cousins. He got Jefferson. He just got the better single weapon. Don't get it twisted. Chargers got weapons. You know what I mean? They got Eckler. They got Williams. They got Keenan Allen. Cousins has. Cook and Hawkinson ain't no chumps either. Right. And correct. <laughs> and Thillian still can, you know, right, catch facts, me here yeah. and there. So, but I mean, and Osborne, we talked about in the waiver, who's his come on as a late. So, but the one single weapon, Jefferson. And I mean, they're coming off a hot game, and maybe this thing kind of carries on into uh into this week. And they playing in Minnesota. They got Lil Kirk, Lil Dude with shirt off. The high over unders. <laughs> they got the Lil Kirk. You see, they got Lil Kirk in the stands. Yeah, with the yeah. chains on, with the shirt <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? So, adding a little extra motivation. You know what I mean? So I, I think I like Cousins due to that. I mean, Herbert kind of disappointed me last week. There's no sweeter matchup than Tennessee when it comes to Facts. passing the ball. Yeah, for real. And he didn't throw any and touchdowns nobody was last hurt week. In the secondary, yeah. so. and he threw no touchdowns. I was kind of surprised by that because I had him as my DFS quarterback last week. I was like, all right, yeah, he's it's Herbert, but he, he disappointed me. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We'll be back to you around the same time next week to make sure championship week is a winning one for you. And if your commissioner has your championship in week 18, we'll have a show in the offseason discussing that. Um, But yeah, you definitely want to go ahead and make your request known to change that for next year um, early on. But that pretty much wraps it up. We out.